special day. We're dedicating our new facility. Those of you who are visitors uh, for the last, it seems like five years, but for the last two years or so, we've been working on some renovations to our facility uh, that you can wander around and see. And the purpose of that was to make this church ready for ministry in the 21st century. When we did that renovation, we refreshed our vision and we lifted up Uh, a a short statement that said, this is who we are. This is the mission at CPC. We are to boldly extend the invitation that Jesus makes to us, to everybody. We want to boldly extend the same invitation Jesus made to us, uh, to everybody. So as we come to the finish line of this construction and the beginning of the use of this construction, we thought it would be good to go back to say, why did we do this? Well, we did it to boldly extend the invitation. So our series that'll start the fall is called Bold. If you look on your uh, bulletin cover, it's got the picture of a lion, bold. And it says, how do you live with less fear to boldly extend that invitation? And we uh, thought we'd just do it in four parts, bold. And the first part of bold is be. And we'd say, living boldly begins with prayer that blesses others. We'll talk about that today. But if I am here and my job is to extend the invitation, then if I screw it up, if I mess it up, or if you don't respond, it's all my fault. But if I have prayed already and God is involved in this, then it doesn't all depend on me. We begin with prayer that blesses other people. And then next week we'll talk about the O. That usually what happens is people are not changed by your winning a theological argument with them. Or shaming them into going to church. Usually people are won to the love of God by the love of God. And that is shown when we have an open table. So we're going to talk about the way that you can open your table whether that's at a coffee shop or in the school cafeteria at home or in workplace, how do you have a table that is open enough so that other people feel invited into your life? That it's not just about you making them targets for your religious beliefs, but they feel like they are invited into our lives together. And then we boldly extend the invitation when we do one thing, when we tell people how incredibly screwed up they are and how God is going to send them to hell. (laughs) Probably not. The L in bold is that we will listen and we will look more than we will talk. That's the way of Jesus. Jesus heard things that nobody else heard. He saw people that nobody else saw and because they felt heard and they felt seen, these people responded to the message of Jesus. We're going to talk about how can you and I see the people that nobody else sees and and listen to the voices that maybe are crying out that nobody else hears. So when we begin with prayer that blesses other people and we provide a space, we open the table and we look and we listen for the voices of others, then and maybe only then, should we dare to share what God has been doing? It's not, here are the four things you need to believe in order not to go to hell next week. Instead, it's like, 
let me just tell you a little of what's been happening in my life. Maybe you feel some of the same thing. And when we dare to share our story with somebody who's been around the table, who has felt listened to, whom we have blessed before we had this conversation, then we believe God will work. So that's, that's the idea behind bold. I want to make sure that we are not adding more to your religious plate. This is not more things that you should do that you won't do. Instead, we want to try to reorient the rhythm of our lives so that our eyes see more people and our ears hear voices we don't hear. We, we want to look at other people and pray for them before we talk to them to bless them. And we want to invite them as often into the coffee shop, far more often into the coffee shop than we do into church. And believe that somehow God is in the midst of all of this. So, today, let's start living boldly, extending that invitation with the B. Because the B is for how you begin. And the way you begin changes everything else. That's what Jody was uh, telling the kids. Then in the Gospel of Luke, it says, One day Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the whole night praying. And when the morning came, he called his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal. You know, over 25 times, 25 different times in the story of Jesus, it remarks that Jesus prayed. From the time he was baptized to the time he was crucified on the cross. From calling his disciples here to praying for them when they desert him. To greeting them from the other side of the grave. And even after death, praying for them. Praying for them so much that they said, would you teach us how to do that? Show us how to pray because when I pray... Well, maybe when you pray, you know, we talk about people who have the gift of prayer and they are prayer warriors. I'm not a prayer warrior. I'm, I'm a prayer draft dodger. You know, I, I have good intentions about praying at night with my list of people that I pray for and about number one and a half, my head has fallen to the side and I wake up not with amen but with drool on the pillow. And maybe you're prayer life is more like that than it is like a, a prayer warrior. And together we could learn from Jesus that before he acts, he prays. Before he talks to people, he prays for them and he blesses them. I believe that prayer changes things, but more important, I believe young girls in school, I believe that prayer changes you. Prayer will change your heart long before it changes the circumstances that you're in. And I know that because I have seen that in some of my friends. I'd, I'd like you to listen for just 75 seconds to my friend Paul come and share with you about how becoming a praying person has changed him. Probably the key experience for me that's changed how I talk to God is my wife's cancer treatment and subsequent death. Um, not in a painful, vengeful, angry way, but in a grateful way. Um, 
her passing wasn't sudden. Um, it brought us closer to God together and through all the grace that people bestowed on us. What's changed uh, over the last decade or so is that I don't necessarily pray for help, uh, specific help. Um, rather, I pray for the wisdom and the humility to let God take over the driver's seat and steer me where I need to go. So Paul is saying that in the course of learning how to pray, he gets his way all the time. No, his wife died. Well, he knows exactly what to do. No, when he talks to God, he asks for the wisdom to be able to see what to do. Prayer is changing Paul, and a changed Paul is being used by God to touch uh, other people. That's the way it seems to me that prayer works. That's why we begin with prayer that blesses other people, because prayer changes us. It always has. People started to know this right after Jesus went back to heaven, and the, the early church fathers started this thing called the church. There was a guy in the third century called Basil. Basil the Great, Basil the Bishop. Usually he was called Basil the Hermit. But he was so touched by God that people come out to the desert to see him so much that he couldn't stay a hermit. And it was said of Basil that he had a very unique life of prayer. This is what it said about Basil. His life was like lightning because his prayers were like thunder. Some of, of you may have had that experience of you're with somebody and somehow when they pray, you feel like God might actually be listening to them. Not that they're holier than thou, but somehow their prayer reaches God and God reaches them. It was said of Basil that his life was like lightning. That does not mean that Basil turned into super Christian. What it means is that Basil in the dark saw the light. The blast of lightning showed that there is light in the dark and it gave Basil hope. It says his life was like lightning because when the lightning flashes just for a second, you can see other things around it. You can see things that you couldn't see before in the darkness. And the people who pray have that light that comes. That's why Jesus prays through the night, through the dark, that God would bring the light to the people that he was supposed to send out and bless. His life was like lightning because his prayers were like thunder. C.S. Lewis says it a different way. He says, I believe in Christianity the same way that I believe the sun is risen. Not only because I see the sun, but because by the light of the sun, I see everything else. That's what our prayers are supposed to do. When we lift up other people in prayer, half of me is saying, God bless Sally and her bunions. But when I lift her up, I just for a second have a chance to see Sally as a child of God. When I pray that God will help me forgive George, just for a second... 
I see George as an eternal being made in the image of God. He's still a jerk, but he is changed in my sight because my prayers have been like lightning, like light into the world. Jesus prays through the night, and in the light, he sees these people differently, and he says, uh, God told me you and you and you and you, come here, would you? I said that if we're going to be bold in our faith, if we're going to live with less fear, that we would begin with prayer that blesses. And I chose that word deliberately. It's a Dallas Willard word. Willard says, there are two great words in the Bible that talk about how our souls touch other souls. One is to curse and the other is to bless. We do one or we do the other. Now, when I think of curse, I think, God damn you. That's a curse, right? But in other ways, I curse someone when I gossip about them. I curse someone, I see them, and I turn away and they know it. I curse someone when I do not wish them well. I wish them badly. I curse someone when I refuse to forgive because they don't deserve it. There are two great words, when one soul touches another, I curse or I bless. When I bless someone, I say, oh dear God, you know better than I do what my little baby Katie, 32 years old, what she needs. Dear God, as Christine Asby very slowly recovers, you know what she needs. Dear God, as I lift people up, as I bless them, I see them the way that the Father does. What I'd like to do is take just 30 seconds and ask you to bless somebody. So, for 30 seconds, would you close your eyes? I'll close mine. So I can't see if you've closed yours. But Lord, uh, together we are going to ask you to bring a person to our minds that we should bless. I have that person. I ask you to bless him. He's an overwhelmed young dad. I ask you to bless him. It begins when we pray for somebody else and we bless them, but it does not stop there. With your eyes still closed, ask God to bless them. And now ask God, what are you supposed to do about it? What's your part in that blessing? We cannot bless others unless we pray for them because blessing comes from God. And when we ask God to bless them, God uses us. I pray that that person will stick with you and that on Tuesday or Friday or Thursday, when you pray for them, God will show you one thing you can do. Okay, amen. What if this is just another sermon? You hear it? Yeah, I should pray more. I'm not a good prayer. I'll try better. And it doesn't work that well. 
I, I told you I'm not the prayer that I want to be. I'm not the prayer I should be. Thank God I'm not the prayer I used to be, but I'm not where I should be. And I have often thought God must be really sad with my prayer life. But then a, a pastor wrote a book and shared this image with me, and I thought it was powerful. Look at this first image. Is this mom angry that this child has fallen asleep? When I think about praying and falling asleep at night, maybe I'm more like this second image. Is Jesus angry at me any more than, is this dad angry at this little girl who didn't finish the story that she wanted to keep up her dad with? No. When you think that you fail at prayer, think of this last image. That you fall asleep in the arms of a God who loves you like a mom and holds you with everlasting arms that no matter how you fall, God will never let you go. You want to live differently? Ask God to bless other people and use you in the process. What I'd like to do tonight, as, or this morning, as we do our dedication, is to start our dedication this way. I've asked four people in our congregation if they would come up and pray with you and pray for you. They're from different generations. So why don't you guys come on up, please. Tell me there's at least one of you here. Uh, one, two, three, four, great. And we have a microphone. You got it? Thanks, Andy. And I've asked them if they would lead us in prayer for these new facilities and how they might be used, and then I'll give you some more instructions. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for the overflowing generosity of our congregation, and we acknowledge that you are the giver of all good gifts. May these rooms be filled throughout the week with adults who find your love and your grace. We place our future and our hope in you. Your love is awesome, God. We thank you for how you take care of us and for your goodness to all. From babies to grandparents, please let us, please let these new rooms be a great place to play and learn about Jesus. Lord, we are excited by the renovations and new spaces that will be used for ministry. Help our faith to take root and grow. We pray that many of our friends will meet Jesus here and experience life-changing grace. Lord, we give praise for all that you have done through this church in the lives of our congregation over the past 60 years. Create in our hearts a fresh desire to love and serve others and to share the abundant life and grace that we find in Jesus. Provide through the power of your Holy Spirit, wisdom, grace, and unity to our church. Lord, your love and mercy and compassions are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And all God's children said, amen and amen. Thank you, friends. We want that to be the first of many years of prayer. You notice how they sounded different? 
And it wasn't just their ages, it was their styles, it was how they learned to pray, and God heard everyone and blessed every single prayer that goes up. 